some little child will come to you or some old man will come to you. They're about the same, aren't they? <laughs> and, and you'll have an opportunity to do something for God through them. Teach them something about God's word. And as you exercise that opportunity, God will give you more opportunity. I, I ran from God giving me the opportunity to preach. I ran from it. For two years, I struggled with it. I did not want to be a lily, white-handed preacher. And I'm not, by God's grace. Uh, I'm working on, uh, the hands are there, but I'm working on the preaching part later. Uh, Let's go to John chapter 18. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over to the brook Kidron. And there's a message right there about the brook Kidron. That was an open sewer about like the bay up in uh, Port Alexander, where was a garden into the which he entered and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oftentimes resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh hither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Sort of like the guy who was on the wrong side of the stick in the news and they they took and suited up and had the FBI and a few other people and jump them for a lion to Congress, was it? Or some simple thing in the news. They're, they're going to be coming for us Christians one day like that. If you don't mind it, you don't watch it. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? Only if we could go that way. Dear Lord, work in our lives and help us now as we look into your word and help us to uh, seek after your word and its authority in our hearts. In Jesus' name. They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Judas also which betrayed him stood with them. And soon then as he had said unto them, again he says, I am he. They went backwards and fell to the ground. You know, I must have read that 15 times before it ever struck me that God had so much power in those words, I am he, that they fell backwards. I mean, here they are shuffling and getting themselves back up and straightening themselves out. We come to arrest you. <laughs> and by him proclaiming himself as God, the devil's in him made him fall over backwards. God's word has that much power in it. God's name has that much power in it. Each one of us have an opportunity to use that name to power, or we can say, oh, that's a beautiful car. Oh, my God, that's a wonderful day. No, that's blasphemy. That's using and abusing God's word. But why do you think that's such a popular swear word? My wife and I were having a discussion last night. A guy stopped me along the road. I was taking care of the dog and shuffling the dog around. He says, are you okay? He thought maybe I'd broke down. And I says... No, he didn't say you're okay. This is what struck me. He said, are you good? And I says, yeah, I'm good. And uh, he drove off. We, I thanked him for stopping. I said, just taking care of the dog. The devil likes to use that thing, I'm good. That's what the kids say. To, that's what the kids say when they don't come to church. Oh, you need a ride to church? No, I'm good. No, I'm good. Oh, you need some help? You want me to pray for you? No, I'm good, brother. You, uh, you want to you wanna come out Sunday with me? No, I'm good. You know what? That's the devil. The devil is telling them they're good. 
Because my Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. Nobody's good in God's eyes. But that's pride. You well yourself up with foolish pride, and you figure you're good. Just like when you use God's name in vain. Oh, my God, this, and oh, my God, that. I was going 60 miles an hour down a blacktop road, which was kind of rare where my wife's from, and we're going down this blacktop road, and there was a hairpin turn in the, in the road. Hairpin turn means, you know, not a, just a plain, it was like, more like a dog leg, but it was sharp turn. And usually in her state and her country, they put these big yellow arrows up to let you know you're coming down the road, and all of a sudden there's this big yellow arrow going one way or the other, and you're going to have to turn real sharp and slow down. Well, the drunk lady went through that two days before we did, and she knocked over the sign and, and stopped there before she went through the farmer's fence, and like we did, and rolled 180 feet over and over. And all I could say, all I could say about praying was as I fell through the windshield and the thing flipped over and I fell back into the vehicle, all I could say was, oh, my God. And he saved my life. Could have easily. We rolled 160 feet, plowed over tea kettle. And my wife was in the hospital for a number of days, fractured her hip, number, and it went into uh, shock and everything else. Police officer uh, didn't give me a ticket. He says, I can see what happened. It's understandable, but you're lucky you're alive. And I says, yeah, yeah, I'm lucky I'm alive. I, did he say, did you pray? And I says, well, I got it started. But how many times have you uttered God's name loosely? He's looking. He's seen me in that car. He flipped me back into it. Safest place. I was out on the hood. The next roll was going to flatten me just as like the bugs on the windshield. Of course, the windshield wasn't even in there anymore. And so God likes us to throw his name up, and there's power in it. So when God said, I am he, what happened? Things happen. Things happen. You want to call on God. That's all it is. It's calling on God by the authority of his name. Things will happen. You'll have his attention if you're living right with him. You know, the old story about crying wolf, 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 you know, and the fire, 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 and it never. You might, he might say, oh, he's just uh, picking cotton again. You know, he's just, uh, he's just seen a pretty girl or a pretty car or she's just seen, you know, a snake or something. No need to get involved. Oh, my God. Think about it. But here's Jesus. He said, Jesus answered and said, I have told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way. He's interceding on behalf of those. He's interceding on behalf of us. I have a, a little joke about intercession. When I was a young man, uh, you read your Bible, and it says that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings and utterings. And he's interceding for us from within right now. And Jesus Christ, he's also our intercessor. He's in heaven preparing a place for us also. He does two things right now. He intercedes on our behalf, and he's in heaven preparing a place for us. Behold, if it wasn't true, he wouldn't have told you that. It's so right now, he's pretty busy interceding. I had a dream that I died and went to heaven. That's the most you're going to hear about a dream out of me, is I died and went to heaven. And when I got there, I said, welcome home. You're a good and faithful servant. Here's a tent for you. And I go, why did I get in a tent? 
what's going on here, you know? And he says, well, Jesus Christ has been interceding for you so much, he didn't have much time to build you a temple. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So keep that in mind, too. If you think you're going to go to glory and have a wonderful place up there, you, you better make sure he's not too busy, too busy to be a carpenter. Amen. So we're back here to I am, I am, and I am. Three times in three verses, he proclaims himself, I am he. I am he, I am he. Do you know where you first hear that in God's word? The power in God's word, the proclamation of God's word, the strength in God's word, the authority in God's word, the affirmation of God's word. Go to Exodus. Go to the book of Exodus. Second book in your Bible. Exodus. Way back. And see, I like tying this together. Because you've got to know the whole book from one end to the other. that You never run out of it. I get kicked out of these guys that get themselves stuck in the New Testament. The New Testament is great. It was written for us. It's about the church, and it's wonderful. Do you want to understand it even better? You don't need Dr. Slipjaw for this or yeah. come down deeper and go up yeah. drier than anybody else. All you need is to read your Old Testament, and it'll show light on the New Testament. I've, uh, I like the Old Testament. And here we see a story here. And I say story lightly. This is what happened to mankind. Now, therefore, behold, and this is, Gen uh, excuse me, I said Genesis. Exodus chapter 3 is where I'm at, verse 9. And I'm going I'm to read to you to verse 14, if I can handle it. Gen Exodus chapter 3, verse 9. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. The picture here is God talking to Moses about bringing his people out of Egypt. One thing they know, the Hebrews won't tell you much about that. It was a mixed multitude that came out of Egypt. The slaves came right along with them. Charleston Heston was right there with them, all of us. And they all came out of Egypt. And uh, God called everybody out of Egypt, not just the Hebrew people. You don't believe me? You go to North Africa. There's Ethiopians there. There, there are Christians. They're born again. Doubting Thomas went to Africa. He went south to North Africa. And there's men there today that profess his name, Thomas's name, next to Jesus Christ as being important in their lives and in their ancestry. So that's the mixed multitude, but that's, that's, I digress, as they like to say. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will, bring thee, I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee, and I have sent that I have sent thee when thou brought forth the people out of Egypt, he shall serve God upon the mountains. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? That What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. All caps in my King James Bible. 
I am that I am. What did Christ say when they came to him? I am he. You want to hear from God? You want to talk to God? Start talking to your Bible. Oh, how do you talk to your Bible? John 1.14 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You're going to talk to God. He talks to us not through a lot of dreams and hokey-pokey nowadays, although I think in some instances he still penetrates our ignorance and manages to say a few things to us as a human race through various forms. But he talks to you through his word. It's the same in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. He's the authority. And if you want power in your life, you want victory over sin in your life, you want victory over problems in your life, you want something, somebody to intercede on your behalf, talk to God. Talk with God. Read his word. Let him talk to you. You know, you got two ears and one mouth. Listen to God. Listen to God. And he'll talk to you. Pray, and I, and uh, he'll, that's you talking to God, but he talks more to you right here when you open this book. And if the devil, and how's that saying go? The devil will keep you from the book, or you, the book will keep you from the devil, something like that. Open this thing. Read it. Find hope and courage in it. Find hope and courage in it. And the people that practice this book will be able to share it with you too. I, I was humbled one time. We had a tragedy in our life. We had a little girl that was in our home. She was very handicapped. When we got her, she was an animal child, literally an animal child. We had to put a cage on top of uh, her crib. We had to put screw plywood down on top of her crib and unscrew it every morning so she wouldn't crawl out, go through the cupboards and chew up the cereal boxes and defecate all over the place trying to mark her territory and try to keep things that, so she would foul them so nobody else would eat them. She couldn't speak. She'd go into traumas. She would faint. And this is a three-year-old. Failure to thrive, they called it. She spent time in church. She spent time with God's word. We spent time with her. We prayed over her. And eventually she progressed. She progressed. And then she was taken from us through court actions and tragedies, well within the means of the law and not against any of our will. It just had to happen that way. And it was for her benefit in the long run. But we couldn't understand why she was placed in a home that was very religious. She was just starting to get, she was probably, what, five years old then? And she was just starting, I can see her right now, sitting in a pew going, raising her hand. Jesus, talk to me. She'd respond to God's word. That's how we got her out of a couple of the fits where she'd lay there limp as a rag. We couldn't quote enough scripture. You get tired of quoting scripture after a while. So we started singing scripture. The song you just sang a little bit ago has a lot of scripture in it. We watched the devil's leave her. Called on God's name and prayed over her. She got to where she was comprehending God's word and they put her in a very religious but not what I would call a real Christian home. And we're struggling with that. At that time in the church we were at, when missionaries would come and we'd put them up. We'd sleep on the couch. They'd sleep in the bedroom. It was a way to do it. 
And the Lord blessed that because we were obedient to God as much as we could be at the time. And we were, he says, what's wrong, brother? You seem kind of down. Your family just seems kind of hurt. Yeah, they just came and literally walked her out the door before you came. And I can't understand why she's in a religious but not Christian home. And he said, he studied it a little bit. He was from the Philippines, barely spoke English. But we had the same God, the same Holy Spirit, the same Christ. And he said, you know, they took Moses and they raised him in Egypt, didn't they? He says, that family that they go to, that they put her with, they're very affluent, they're very wealthy. I says, yeah, they are. They're, they're, they got all kinds of money. That's why we didn't want to even bother fighting them. She says, she's going to get the best training, the best schooling for her handicaps and her disabilities. She's going to get the best education. Better than you could be in a poor little preacher boy in the middle of a one-horse town, you know, living out of a collection plate. It's tough. But as you yield yourself to God's word, I've seen hundreds. I would go even further than hundreds. Little girls saved because of being obedient to God's word. But God's given me children. These kids here are half mine, whether you people realize it or not. I go in the nursery and I picked up some little bitty cars and I go, oh, these are too small. I don't want to see these little guys choke on them. So I got rid of them. Oh, by the way, I, after church, go in the back room here and uh, on the table, just on the table, there's books. Any of the books on the table, there's some in the shelves I haven't gone through, but any of the books on the table, and there's some toys, some of those nursery toys that are too small, take them home. Take them home. And they're wel you're welcome to them. You visitors, wait in line if you want. I don't know. <laughs> you can have the toys later. <laughs> and so, uh, but that's what they're there for. But I, I, I've, I've seen kids. I've had the privilege to be involved in kids' lives, even if it was just to say a prayer with them. And the Lord can honor that as you conform to his word. There'll be a 10 minutes after this message, I'll go upstairs and I'll pray for Melissa. That was her name. I pray for her often. I don't think about Moses without thinking about Melissa. And that's when I pray for her. Because I got two things going for me now. I got God's word going for me, and I got prayer going for me. And I'm going to ask. And that's what this dear sister and the family involved, they got a number of things going for them. You've got a whole church family. Brother Russell talked about it in Sunday school. Yes, you can serve the Lord, and you can do some wonderful things for them. But you find out the men that do the most are hooked up to a local church somewhere. Nobody's Superman here. I'm not. Nobody else is. You will accomplish more in a local church with God behind you. You got a missionary right here who's accomplished a lot for God in his lifetime. He couldn't have done it by himself. You know that. Brother Graham would be the first one to tell you that. You need the local church to serve God, too. So you get all three of them going for you. Whatever happens to you, good or bad, positive or negative, you'll know as you've got those things rolling for you, say, okay, Lord. It's for me to understand why. Maybe I'm the missionary today explaining to people, this is why God allowed something in your life. You, uh, you need power. You need strength. But then he can use that for good. 
and use that for good